Quiet on the set. Action. Machine podcast produced by Hot Chocolate Media, where we invent a awesome movie, hopefully, based on a random prompt from our fantastic computer movie machine. I am joined by three of the Hollywood elite, as always. Laura Kanata, who is our writer, who is Tom Hanks' charisma wrangler on The Post. Our director, Kyle Decker, who is Martin Freeman's accent remover on Black Panther and Civil War. And our producer. It's a Tolkien job. Hey! And our producer, Jacob Gulliver, who is the finger makeup on Shape of Water. So here's your prompt, printing it off the machine, because we don't use the internet anymore. We got our own machine. The theme of the story is a serious caper. The main character is a friendly peddler and a militant monk. The major event of the story, theft. So we've got this monk, and it can be of a kind of a new agey religious temple. And in this temple is a stone of their deity. And it is his job to guard the stone. That's all he does is day and night is guard the holy stone. People come from place to place, or from, from different places, to this temple. And one of the visitors to the temple is this peddler. And he has different things, you know, and you don't get a lot of stuff when you're living up in the, up in the mountains in the temple. You don't get a lot of, you know, luxuries. So he comes by and he starts to make friends with this monk and this monk at first is very very serious very kind of like the guards it's going to be kind of like the guards at the um in england i can't think of them and he's very militant about his job but the more the the peddler comes by with little trinkets that remind the monk of home because he wasn't always a monk he, he became a monk the more their conversation goes they become friends until one day the monk comes after his shift is done, it goes, you know, for his, like, two hours of sleep, and the stone is gone. And it turns out, all along, the friendly peddler, this is, this is going to be the, the twist at the end, the friendly peddler is going to be who stole it. And he was buttering up the monk the whole time, trying to get him to be friends with him in order to do this. And we're going to have this journey from this monk thinking that he's made his one and only friend in life to then find out that he was deceived once again. So that's that's the the basic storyline. We've got, um, this is going to be, like I said, a new age of religion with a magic stone, and it's going to be some faraway mountains, and the peddler is going to happen to be from the same hometown that the monk originally came from. And that's what's going to draw the monk in, because he refuses to talk for the first three weeks that the peddler comes. This is going to be an epic journey. Okay, and do you have a title? Yes, this is going to be called Thief of My Heart. All right. So, Kyle, you received the script for Thief of My Heart, which was delivered by several shaved men, shaved head men in a, in a very intricate box. You had to solve a few riddles to open it to prove your worth, and when it came out, you got the script. Yeah. So what are you going to do with this? Well, so I'm, I'm going to change the setting to Japan, medieval Japan, samurai era. 
because uh, we haven't had a good summer. So, so it'll be just a Shinto shrine up in a high, beautiful Japanese mountain. Our monk, boy, I wish Pat Morita was still alive because he'd just be perfect. Bless his heart that he's dead and he left a good legacy. I do know I want to get Ken Watanabe. He's going to play our monk. He's going to be very um, demure and polite and, and show hints of one greatness and everything. And he's going to... This is going to be all old, dude. I'm going to have the other, the thief, played by uh, Takeshi Kitano, who played the uh, teacher in Battle Royale. He, he plays a really good, just kind of like, vulnerable sleaze back. And I think that's what the beggar needs to be. Like, we can really beggar him up, make him pathetic. So at first, uh, the uh, monk can feel sympathy, and he like they shares his food with him. And, and they have a friendship. Instead of instead of coming in love, they, they, just, they come to share stories and everything. I want to film this with a lot of big wide-angle lenses, like a lot of big like landscape shots. I really want to show off the beauty of the natural land. Um, I want a lot of things to look like a painting. This is gonna we're gonna pitch to hopefully to get funding to the Japanese tourism board. We're gonna film it in areas where in Japan that don't get as much tourism they'd like, and really show off the natural beauty of the country. Otherwise, we're gonna keep it really uh, low key. You know, we don't need a big budget. Of this we really let's have the two main actors telling stories and everything and, and sharing bread and just a lot of great, you know, like conversations, like two old men having tea and sharing. But one of them ultimately is not genuine and everything. That's the first act of the movie. The second half act of the movie is Ken Watanabe's character discovering that the gym has been stolen and going down, leaving the mountain for the first time in like 20 years and going on kind of a road trip movie into cities and everything and it, it's in medieval japan so you know shows up in the villages where he, he finally finds takashi katano and just like in a gambling house and everything he's lost the gym he's down on his luck and the the monk character instead of punishing and getting revenge like you plan helps the man and eventually they become friends and monks back on the top of the mountain and it's a nice very sweet story about completely non-sexual bro love all right take him so, I kind of get where you're going with this movie. You know, usually Japan is not all that forthcoming when we're trying to, you know, make movies in their country. I thought they welcomed us white people. <laughs> making movies about their culture with little to no Right, research. yeah. So I, I'm thinking we need to kind of distance ourselves from traditional Japanese unless one of you is secretly Japanese or something. I'm okay with that setting, but we're also going to just, like, make it a fantasy if we're doing that. Can Takeshi Kitano be like a, a cat man or like some kind of monster thing? Can we do some sort of like CG for him to make it like, you know, sort of like a, a folk tale or a fairy tale? Or like, can it, can it be revealed that he was a ghost at the end or something like that? Maybe we can bring in like some, some spirits of, of ancestors or something if we want to go like the, the religious route. That's, you know, but make it fantasy religious, not like... Oh, we're white people making the Japanese religion religious. So, I love the idea of, you know, showcasing these beautiful shots of Japan. There's incredible scenery there. We're going to add some fantasy elements there, too. We're going to occasionally, like, in the background of a shot, see, like, you know, some sort of, like, almost Pokemon-esque, like, magic animals flying through the air or something like that. The, the castles and, like, the structures are going to be fantastical. They're going to be over-the-top reality. We want it to be something that's 
not necessarily historical Japanese, but has some some fantasy elements in it. I also want this to have some small elements of humor, so they know that we're not trying to be too serious with it. Can we get like some kind of like you know nods to popular culture in there, or like some little you know reference some some things that Japanese folks like? That'd be kind of fun. Can we have like some some ninja or some samurai or cool like giant robots? Sure, I'm open to that, you know. I don't mind if there's robots in it, so long as you explain it in the setting. Maybe they're powered by the magic of that stone. That could be cool. That could be wild and ridiculous and fun. Oh, and there has to be uh, singing in it and a, a dance number at the end. Um, and so, do you have the budget? Yeah, so uh, to start out, I'm going to give you guys 60 mil. I think, you know, if you sell me on some special effects, I can I can up that for you. But, uh, yeah, we're going to start around 60 mil. Go up from there if we need to. All right. And sorry about my phone. Uh, my pizza got here. I'm just going to go get that. And so it was that Ben went to get the pizza. And when he returned, he ate it with his hands. Also, what was the title for this? Thief of My Heart. Okay, change it. All right. So thanks for waiting an hour. Um, <laughs> I eat slow. And um, thanks for just watching me eat. Whole place smells Not like sharing. right now. And me not sharing, and you're a really good sport about that. Anyway, if you um, fart in my chair, I'll kill you. So, if you still remember, the movie's called Thief of My Heart, and uh, Laura. So it's gone through some pretty large changes. It's come back to you now. So now it's sort of a Japanese fantasy film. The producer's been open for giant robots or ninjas. He was adamant about a dance song number and pop culture references. So how are you going to make this work? So this sacred temple in this fantasy setting is not at the top of the mountain anymore, but inside a mountain. And what fuels it all, and it's not only is this monk, you know, the guard of the sacred stone, the reason why it's called Thief of My Heart, which I know we have to change, but hear with me, I have an idea, is that the stone is the heart of the mountain. And that is what is keeping the robots alive and what protects them from the Pokemon monsters that fly around. They're not really Pokemon because that would be trademarked, but Pokemon-esque monsters. And let's see, we need to add some ninjas. So on one hand, we have the sacred robot temple people. And on the other hand, we have the ninja clan that lives in the forest with the monsters. And this peddler is kind of an in-between person. He He's just in it for himself. He... He just wants to get rich, and he finds that if he can get... He was told by the, the ninja clan that if he can get them the heart of this mountain, all his wildest dreams would come true. Now, obviously, that does not happen. He ends up losing it, as we found out. But he's going to go on this journey and try to bribe the militant monk. So we've got that, and we need to add in a song and dance number. So I guess... I don't know if it's going to be a whole musical or what, but... Uh, I can write in a song about friendship because his whole ploy, to, he's this friendly peddler. His whole ploy to get the stone is to become the monk's friend. So it's going to be a, a whole song about the strength of friendship. At the end, when they come, when he finds him, he, he doesn't punish him, he forgives him. At the end, we can revise that song and dance, that strength of friendship song at the end, when they go up to the temple and become monks together. All right, Kyle. So 
coming back. Yeah, so I'm, I'm glad the, the, the writer was willing to go some weird changes, because I'm going to totally change up the whole, like, I love the robots, and you're totally not, we'll call them, like, Do Dragons or something. We'll come up with, we'll get a Japanese tra- translator, call them, like, Sky Dragons or something. And they'll be, so what these two men, they're, they're legitimate friends. Who guard the 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 stone that powers the giant robots? They're they're old, like military guys, military friends sharing cups of tea, and they're telling what what each scene is is they're the 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 times the monsters have been long defeated, the robots are in mothballs and everything. This is a post giant robots versus monster world. The giant robots won. We're in the dawn age, and these are two old war buddies sharing their love of thing. But what we're going to do is they're telling their own stories about fighting monsters, and they're definitely overly embellished. Like, their their younger selves will we'll get a couple, like, really hot J-pop actors to play their younger versions of themselves. I don't know a damn thing about J-pop. We'll just get the two biggest ones, whatever, and just have them play. And the, they'll have all kinds of things. They'll be like, well, that was, like, the time I did that. And they'll just... And then the whole thing, we'll get, we'll get like, the best taiko drumming troops from... That's what it's called, right? Taiko drumming. Yeah. To do most of the soundtrack and everything with big Japanese choral numbers. And then the the some of them will do at least one song and dance number with each. We'll do two with the K-pop stars and their giant robots doing like the, the J-pop things with a whole like team of giant robots behind them in unison and everything fighting the monsters. And we'll just really like, like you know, it'll be clearly a Hollywood production because we'll film it in English and everything, but we're going to use these K-pop stars and everything. But we'll also do every take at least four times. We'll do two takes in English and two takes in Japanese. So in Japan, we can give them the Japanese cut and make shit tons of money there. And then Americans won't complain that they have to read subtitles and then we'll make money. And It's giant J-pop dancing robots fighting monsters. And then they hug at the end and it's like still the non-sexual bro love at the end. And it's going to be great. I'm going to write in so many, like, giant robot fighting dance scenes. Like, all the fight scenes are going to be, like, ballet with punching. It's going to be awesome. All right. Jacob, you you have the last chance to... Can we retitle this? Oh. No. No, you didn't? It has not been... The title has not been... We're going to call it Mechanical Rhythm. Okay, Mechanical Rhythm. That's maybe a little better. Uh, I'll have to think on that one some more. I got some great news. Uh, I was able to secure Hiroyuki Sanada as our uh, the head of our ninja clan. Um, he's fantastic. He's done a lot of combat in various different movies, and he's he's going to be great in that kind of a, an action-heavy role. We're going to get some cool stuff going with those robots. We have like some oversized weaponry and like some kind of anime-esque weaponry that the ninja clan is going to use. It's going to be pretty cool. I think that, you know, I might have gone a little too hard in terms of, like, the action elements. I think we still want to make sure that the stories that these guys are telling are pretty good. You I know, might have spent most of the budget on one of the dance numbers. Yeah, I mean... I don't know if we can go back now. Well, I'll put in a little more money if we have to, you know, just just so long as that they, they get a chance to, you know, do this and... You know, the dance numbers aren't going to work if that, you know, the, the cat ears aren't right for Takeshi and the, the tail isn't, you know, just perfect. So I think you know, we we got to spend some time on those to, to really get it to work. I like this mountain. What if the mountain is, is alive? Can it, can it be their base and the top mechanical comes up and it's not only a base for the robots, but it's a dance studio too? 
I think maybe just like a space, like maybe it's like the temple has like these temple guardians in the front that are like statues, but then the mountain can like animate them and you can climb inside them, something like that. That'd be pretty cool. Because then, like, we don't have to, like, make it, like, this ancient aircraft hangar thing, which would be a little bit odd. I mean, they could be, you know, kind of, like, remnant tech sort of stuff if you want that post-apocalypse angle. I'm okay with that if that's the direction you want to go. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm feeling pretty good about this. I'm I'm feeling okay with that. We, we really need to change that title, though. We need something I, I, I got it. 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 We're going to call the, the robots are going to be called Rain, R-E-I-G-N, Makers. Like, cause they like they punch the sky dragons and make it rain, so we're gonna call the movie "Singing in the Rain." No, we're not. <laughs> Please. No, that's, that's what that's what we're calling it in Japan. Jacob, it's your decision. <laughs> yeah, that's. I'll tell you what. We'll we'll re-release the DVD later under that title, just like they did with uh, "Edge of Tomorrow" and "Live Die Repeat." We'll we'll put that on the the cover later if it doesn't do well. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's not going to work. We need a, a real title for this thing. That was a real title. I put my heart and soul into it. <laughs> Do you have it. five seconds? Four. Uh, so three. this is going to be Ancestral Rhythm. Okay. So I'm going to put Ancestral Rhythm into uh, the movie machine, which sounds like a beatbox rhythm. <laughs> yeah, you don't even need to get a sound effect. Yeah, uh, this movie doesn't do very well. What?! Uh, it's got giant robots in it and Kate and J-pop stars. So there's a little bit of a, a little bit of a disconnect in the what people are saying going to it because it's being really marketed as this like super you know heavy fightathon action scene. This this movie's so crazy, but your story is mostly about you know like a really quiet, sweet story about these samurais bonding over tea and telling a nice story and. So there's... They're one-upping each other. Right, but I'm just saying that... So the dude bros, when they're going to this movie, who just want to see things being punched a lot and sorted a lot, and they're like, ugh, tea, this is so boring, nothing's happening. Why isn't anyone fighting the alien dragons? Whatever. So it's it's a little over the place in, in America, and so people are just... It becomes a really big cult film here, just like, man, this is... There's so much stuff going on right now. It's kind of like a uh, people watching it in the same way they watch like Sucker Punch, where it's like, man, this is just a, this is a crazy scene. Like, oh, they're fighting samurai zombies now. That's a crazy story. But in Japan, so the the live action version in Japan doesn't do as well either. But they request one of the studios requests to make an anime version of this film, which is literally the exact same thing except in anime form. And somehow it just being an anime form, everyone's like, yeah, you know, this makes sense. And, you know, it, your anime kicks off, so, and it into like three different spinoffs, so eventually make money through those royalties. But you do have a chance to either go back, um, maybe even change how you're going to, like, if you even want to change how you're going to market this to people seeing it or make any changes or just call it art and keep it the same. So you have two minutes each. So I'm thinking to make it more congruent with the American minds that I'm going <laughs> to keep the stories of the, the old men telling stories, but it's going to be even more flashback. So I'm going to actually write like different scenes, like a specific scene where they are fighting the dragon monster in one scene and 
they almost get their hand cut off. And then we go back to them sipping tea and telling the stories. And here's them fighting the, the ninja tri tribe. And here's them with the giant robot. So I'm just going to make sure that I flesh out the scenes more so it fills in. And that's really the only change I'm going to make, is just fleshing it out more. Okay. Uh, Mr. Kyle? I'm embracing the fact that this is a full live-action anime. I'm pushing all my chips in. This is full-on. I'm going to have people watching trailers on this on Crunchyroll and just, like, jerking it. Like, like I'm gonna I'm gonna cut trailers specifically to advertise on Crunchyroll for the American audience. We're gonna target the anime audience because one thing anime fans have shown that they will embrace the dumbest, stupidest, worst shit in the world as long as it looks cool. And we're gonna really embrace the cool. We're really going to all the the live action, especially with the two old men. They're really gonna embrace the anime archetypes. They're gonna wink at the camera. They're gonna blush when they talk about pretty girl. Like it's, they're gonna do like cool poses and are like, "That's what I always do," and we'll like blur the background and it's, it'll be great. There'll be like a cute nurse character that takes care of them and brings them food. Like we're really gonna embrace live action anime and then really show off the younger versions, these J-pop stars, and really lean into it. And we'll also on top of it, I'm gonna film their stand on their own music videos with the J-pop artists that just tie into the movie, but their own little side stories. And the J-pop artists can make any song they want, and I'll make the music video work for the movie. We're really going to embrace, we're going to have full-on anime style, like classic Voltron fights in the battle, but live action with lots. It's, it's We're going to turn the anime interpretation live action to 11 and just like go hardcore, and we're going to lean into it. People like the goofy stuff. Let's give them more. Let's give them so much goofy, they drowned. That's right. what we're gonna gonna do. Jacob, you're the last guardian. Yeah, I mean, I that'd be a good night title for that movie. Is yeah. there a movie called that already? Probably, but that's the last. Stop the last guardian is a video game. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, you know, I've I went out and I hired Akira Toriyama, the creator of the Dragon Ball series and the Dragon Quest series. Uh, to do some of the uh, design work for this nice. film, his uh, his his fee was really expensive. So, can we spread it out but, over seventeen episodes, though? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He like really knows how to, how to drag shit out, so it works great. So yeah, we were some of these designs that he turned in are just unreal. They're beautiful, you know. And I also think we need to lean into that anime angle. And what what sells anime is almost sex. So I fan service, I believe it's called. Yeah. So like we'll we'll show a little like you know TNA but but it's the robots but it's, but it's clothed yeah right you know like, the robots will look like they're wearing panties but it's just like they're metal plating right and like oh, you know a bunch, genius a bunch of the ninjas are like sexy women that's that's fine we can do that and like some of the flashbacks to the, like the younger younger days of these guys they're like you know failing trying and failing to win over ladies like it, it works it's perfect and then that will just translate even better to anime you know at the the end of it all. You know, when all said and done, you know, I'm I'm just excited that somebody wanted to see this in an anime form. You know, I I wanted to put Takeshi Kitano into a suit with cat ears and you know CG the rest, and that's you know, hey, well worth the money I spent, regardless. So I only put him in that suit and have him back in on a hot Robo Geisha. We're all set. Yeah, absolutely. 
So beyond this, you know, I, I'm interested in delving into one of those spinoffs. I, I have my eye on the, the anime spinoff about, uh, you know, Takeshi's people and, like, how they impacted with this, you know, theoretical apocalypse that happened before. So I'm going to see if I can get uh, Kira to come back and, and work on that. Um, you know, considering maybe hiring uh, Tite Kubo, the the guy who created Naruto, maybe do some designs as well if I can't get uh, Kira. So we'll we'll see we'll see how things go. But uh, all in all, I'm, I'm pretty happy. Are you are you guys good with the title? I, what what did we end up calling it? Uh, uh, ancestral something or other. Ancestral rhythm. Ancestral. Yeah, rhythm. That, that works. That sounds that like, like an anime, anime title. title. Yeah. yeah. How about about Rhythm of Ancestors? Rhythm of the Ancestors. Okay. All right. So I'm reinserting Rhythm of the Ancestors. And yeah, this uh, goes very differently this time. So so you've made like the ultimate anime cult film. You know, you really targeted like, you know, everyone from festivals are going to it. It it gets shown. It has... You know, screenings at anime festivals. You know, it's really big. It's getting a lot of thing. I mean, I mean, the critics hate it, but you know what? No one, but nobody cares. Like, it's basically the Rotten Tomatoes thing, where it's like the critic score is a twenty and the user score is like eighty-five. So it's like you knew exactly who this movie was made for, and you know they're just eating it up. Like the first weekend out, you know, it doesn't do as well. It's the kind of thing like it does pretty well the first weekend, and then like it just brings everyone in. So yeah, no, um, your movie, you're able to make your money back on this. People are cosplaying as your uh, cat guy. Um, uh, that makes me so happy. Yeah, and you know, this isn't now isn't just being spun off into uh, anime, but now a video game and a light novel adaptation, and a video game based on the light novel uh, adaptation, which is a side story of one of the movies spinoff. Uh, video game alternate chapter universes. I mean, live on residual checks for the rest of my life. I, right. had to, I had to import a PS4 so I could play that one. Right, it doesn't play on my English one. So um, yeah, you. Um, this is a success, and well done on that. Nice. It may have been very different from what you started with, but <laughs> no, no. I, I, I mean, it, it still has the soul in the same movie that right, the exactly. writer initially pitched. I think her vision is still there. Right, exactly. Of course. And we are going to end, as always, with a quote from our patron saint, Guy Fieri. What would be the anime version of Guy Fieri? Guy Fieri! I know. There must be some, like, Japanese... I mean, he already is kind of an anime character. What about Hercule from Dragon Ball? (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Or in the Japanese version, Mr. (laughs) Satan-san! All right. Sega Tasanchi. Oh, he'd be the Sausage King. That would be his anime character. <laughs> he'd be the Sausage King. He'd There's, be a bad guy in One Punch Man. There is an a- anime called Toriko, which is about big burly dudes uh, eating food to gain power. So I bet that you could work some Guy Fieri things into that. Nice. His cholesterol levels are off the charts! And the quote is, Cooking is like snow skiing. If you don't fall at least ten times... You're not skiing hard enough. <laughs> <laughs>